0: What is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And we are back. We are back from the land of Zakar, Or Zakar, or however you guys want to pronounce it. But uh, located and nestled away in the Mojave, California desert area. I don't know what that is. California City? Something like that? Well, anyway, we are back. And we're back, and this is the report from... Back from the Get On ADB Fest put on by RevZilla at the Rawhide Zakhar Compound in Mojave, California. We can get away Thursday through Sunday. Vendors, motorcycle rides, adventures, and all sorts of stuff. So went up there with Travis from every single Sunday. Had a great time. Got to do some riding on the 790 Project Bike done ready to go even came back with some souvenirs so let's talk about that for this episode as this is episode number 68 oh I know you guys like the timing of that one very nice all right turn the party down let's get right into it all right so nestled about three three hours away from San Diego Normally, because that's about how long it took me to get back-ish. Uh, but if you're like me and you, you know, enjoy thoroughly preparing uh, at the end of a week for a event uh, at the very last minute, uh, well, and you're headed north, you are going to be leaving with the rest of Southern California uh, up to that area. Those headed to Vegas, headed to Bakersfield, headed to parts unknown. Uh, traveling on the 15, the 5, and the 14, and whatever other freeways I, I took to get there. But talk about a mission, and then of course, towing. Uh, I got a new new setup going the 6x12 trailer. Uh, which I've got some great ideas. Uh, after talking and seeing uh, the moto van uh, up there uh, on Instagram, if you guys follow that, you get the moto van. Uh, get some more information about the Sprinter van setup. Uh, that they're doing and it is pretty rad so i got an idea from it uh, on doing the beds and and some of the stuff i was talking to uh travis the owner of the Motivan, and uh and he was kind of sharing what he does and and his thing and i'm going well man i could do the same thing in my uh 6x12 trailer so um here we go one more project but not really we're gonna take it easy a little bit of time because these last couple of weeks were definitely a lot to uh i should say it was a pretty big bite uh to so or however you want to put it whatever insert whatever you know thing when you take over or take on too much at one time uh lessons were learned and uh things happened but you know what uh in the end um time was very important uh I got to spend time uh preparing and getting ready uh spend some time with the girlfriend and and then you know do some stuff more around the house but i wish i could have done more and uh, you know uh prioritizing time i'm finding as getting older is a, a very expensive uh, thing and not prioritizing time but rather time itself is rather expensive uh so you got to choose pick and choose what you're going to be uh what you're going to be doing so don't want to get too philosoph- philosophical and sparkly or whatever you want to call it as i'm doing spirit fingers you guys can't see that because well this is in the live stream and you guys can't see the camera the camera is off or is it um okay so get on ADV Fest, four days up at the uh, Rawhide Zakar Compound. Um, pretty interesting uh, setup. You know, got the conics boxes. It's a perfect training ground. Um, there's a ton of trails and stuff like that in the area. The fabled uh, Jawbone Canyon, uh, all, all through that area, which I've never seen. I've only heard of. Uh, but you know, went, uh, went in there and, um, got to do some exploring, got to do some bike dropping, got to do, uh, got to do a lot of stuff, learn the boundaries of the, uh, 790 and, uh, my boundaries, of course. Um, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too bad. You know, I, I, I definitely had some fun. Um, so let's see where do we start okay well we already know the drive up sucked it was like a five hour trip just to get up there and i got there literally just in time uh to sit down uh with some friends have some uh, uh with a friend and some new friends uh and have some food at the uh, the only restaurant in town that's worth a visit the, the thai food restaurant can't remember the name of it but uh from the outside it's very unassuming but the food was you know pretty good uh, iced tea was pretty good and so Uh, Did that, got to enjoy a uh, light, you know, 50 to 55 mile an hour breeze that was just kind of playing with the trees and buildings and signs and stuff. Um, So that that was a little bit challenging the first night. You know, you really couldn't do anything because it was just so windy. Um, Got there. It turned into a late night session of just grinding on the bike, getting a few little things uh, ready. Uh, Rottweiler performance uh, slash Scott's came through at the very end. Uh, which I'm going to share some details on that a little bit later um, on Instagram uh, about the final one of the final steps, which was uh, installing the Scott's damper uh, on the 790 with the Rottweiler uh, triple clamp and the Raid Garage uh, fuel tanks. There's some stuff to be known there. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. I am trying to get some measurements uh, for some stuff to uh, make sure we put out some correct information because I got a feeling I'm not the only one Uh, That's going to be doing the raid garage uh, rally tank along with the um, along with the Rottweiler triple clamp. So some stuff to watch out for. But uh, but anyway, um, so went on that um, and then from there it turned into uh, doing some graphics. And and I do have to give a big shout out to uh, Travis and every single Sunday for giving me a hand with that. Uh, graphics is by no means my strong suit and Travis made such quick work, uh, of it and helping me with it and kind of showing me the pointers and and the stuff, uh, to get it done, uh, very, very quickly. And I was, you know, took a heat gun. Uh, Also a big shout out to Josh from authentic, uh, design group on knocking out the graphics and getting them done. It was completely last minute, like literally like four or five days. Uh, before the before the event, uh, hitting him up and and said, you know, yeah, I think we can make it happen, and and absolutely pulling through. Um, so we worked on that, and and they came out great. The bike got a lot, a lot of looks, which is awesome. Uh, a lot of questions about the bike and the bike build, and and I am behind. Uh, I want to do a piece by piece breakdown of what I went through uh, on it, and just kind of every component and how it was selected. Um, just to, to get the information out there, um, and hopefully serve as a tool for those that are looking to build it, uh, or build something similar, uh, in the future. So, uh, hopefully it will help a lot of people, uh, on their decision. Uh, I know there was a few people that pulled the trigger on the raid kit, uh, after seeing the bike and I shared my experience with them. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to see that. I'm sure Ray will be happy, to uh, get some more of those kits out there because, well, it is, uh, it is pretty nice. I got to say, uh, he did a really good job and, well, crash tested and Victor approved, um, you know, slid out. If you guys are following on Instagram, you saw it there, my lack of technique uh, and resulting in a gravity check and uh, happy to report, uh, well, not one gravity check, but two, uh, except only one of them was caught on camera. So, haha. Um, although I wish the second one was because I, I honestly, at that point, I was out of gas um, and I just basically had this <laughs> that was it I had nothing left I went and tried to budge the bike and I couldn't and luckily um you know Travis had my back and uh and helped me up which I'll share more about that here in a minute but um so yeah so late night grind on that thing I don't know I think I ended up getting you know packing it in somewhere around eleven thirty midnight something like that I have no idea. Uh, woke up super cold on saturday i got woken up a couple of times because it was just freezing um i was gonna stay inside the trailer move the bike over but same i was just like i'm I'm done so i just climbed into the car unfolded the sleeping bag and said this will work and uh well it did until about you know three four in the morning and then it was just way cold which is not what i expected um so from there, uh, woke up the next day. You know, they were kind of doing some stuff. Uh, everybody was kind of doing their rides and everything. They were up early. I was I was really surprised. So I was like, okay, well, set up my easy up, set up the little area there, put up the banner, did all that. And then uh, and and just kind of took in the sights. We went to registration, had some breakfast, uh, walked around. And, man, there was a ton of vendors were there. Uh, Gal for Yoshimura, uh, Well, Cycle Gear, of course, being part of the Revzilla conglomerate. Um, and then a bunch of other people, including uh, Moscomoto, uh, and then also the Ruby, uh, the Ruby Lights guys uh, were there as well, which I'm very impressed by their lights. They've, got, uh, they've definitely got something going on. I mean, we talked to them. It sounds like we're going to get them on the show, uh, along with a few of the guys from uh, Moscomoto, uh, also to talk about it. We had a chance to, to finally meet and talk a little bit with Pete uh, from Moscow. And talk a little bit about uh, adventures and what he's been up to and all that stuff. And um, it's awesome because it's a little warm up for that one is basically not only is it the bags were born from, you know, from necessity, but there's a big story there's a story behind it but not only that but these guys ride i mean it's not like and i'm not talking about riding like uh you know we're gonna do some backcountry trails and we're gonna stay in hotels and all that stuff it seems like um they just kind of sign up sign themselves up for this just like gnarly adventures and so he's definitely got a lot to talk about um and and i I can't wait to to have a chat with him and, and really go over the stuff so uh from there the next part is going to be uh uh talking maybe with the ruby guys uh also talking with the other guys from Moscow that are that are doing the apparel um a lot of stuff i'm going to reach out to the guys from Galfer uh i learned some stuff this weekend and i i want to share that stuff because there's a lot of things that go on in the background um and reasons why components get selected or components get built the way they get built for a a reason. I mean, there's, there's some technology, there's some things that if we knew and we knew the kind of loads and stresses and things that they go through that we would be able to, uh, make better and more informed decisions uh, of what we were buying, you know, and after riding the bike, uh, riding the bike this weekend, there's a few things that I'm working on. Um, I, I hit the ground running today and, and reached out to Scott's about, uh, say setting up a stabilizer, which believe it or not, um they are and they aren't right on like a drop on and you know ready to go and that's it you know dial a number and you're good to go no there's there is some adjustment to these things and actually it's uh they're all important adjustments so i'm i'm excited to start messing with it um same with the suspension had had um had the counter shocks on there uh did you know did some stuff but anyway uh, there's all I mean, we could go on for a while, but, you know, we're going to break it up into a couple of different shows and and talk about different things. And they're all going to spring. They're all going to be uh, a result of going to the uh, RevZilla get on uh, ADB Fest uh, out of the Rawhide compound. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. But anyway, so uh, day one, we get through, we're going through the whole thing. And I'm like, you know, everybody kind of took off. I really wasn't sure what that was going to do. I finished putting the Moscow uh, reckless 10 uh on the 790 which is the perfect size. Uh I'm I like to tra- travel light and what needs to be on the bike for the bike goes on the bike and what needs to be on for me goes on me. So I e uh thermal blankets, first aid kit, um battery charger for the phone, the the Garmin uh in reach. Uh, which very important guys, I did see another few people out there running the in reaches uh, on their motorcycle. Uh, thank you. Uh, first and foremost, we'll know where to find the bike. But uh, if you've seen uh, anybody have a high speed get off, uh, generally, you're going to travel further than the motorcycle. So uh, your best bet to be found quicker is, uh, you know, well, to uh to be wearing the device rather than having the motorcycle wear the device. The device was meant for you, not for it. So uh, that's a pro tip of the day. Uh, Don't be a noob or don't be a dweeb or whatever, you know, cool 80s saying that they had or don't be a square or a lame or whatever you want to call it. I think that's Cholo speak, right? Lame. Um, You know, wear your device and make sure that it is in a reachable location uh, in the back pocket of your uh, climb Arsenal vest or your Wolf uh, vest, uh, you know, hard to reach is not an ideal location. You want that thing front and center and ready to go. And that is, ex- you want that thing to wear out because you haven't used it, not because you're using it. So uh, keep that in mind when you guys are setting up your rig and setting everything up and make sure that you are using it appropriately, uh, that it's been tested, that the battery's fresh on it. Because, like, of course, me on Sunday, I accidentally left it on overnight and well, the battery went dead. Uh, And there I am Sunday morning, you know, scrambling to get the thing in with enough charge to last the day. Um, So so that happened. Um, But yeah, so uh, Travis came back. They went and did their thing and came back. Uh, I was like, hey, you know, do a ride. And I was just kind of tooling around and um, put the bags on. Well, you know what? Well, I'm going to go top this thing off, you know, right. I've, I've got now six gallons of fuel capacity between the raid tanks and the and the Rottweiler tank behind the frame rails or in between the frame rails. So it's like, you know, it's probably a good idea that I top the bike off. So head over to the local gas station. And after I get over the shell shock of how expensive the gasoline is, um, you know, start to fill it up. And all right, the ready tanks, so it's a little bit hard because you fill one up and then it starts to balance the other one in the meantime while you switch over to fill that one up. So it just takes patience. You know, you can't be in a hurry when you're trying to fill it with gas. Um, and then I go to take the uh, the seat off so I can get it into the Rottweiler tank and fill that thing up. And yeah, a little bit of a pain with the reckless uh, bags on there. So get everything done and all that stuff. I go, man, I thought I had some fuel in it, but I'm like four gallons short. Uh, so get it going and then um, put everything on. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to ride out to Husky Monument. I, I've been wanting to see Husky Monument. I haven't been out there. And, you know, I hear it's pretty cool and, you know, I, I, I want to do it. So I get out, uh, start getting down the road and, you know, get everything going. And as I'm running, you know, everything's cool. I'm taking in the scenery and all of a sudden I feel like a little pop. I'm like, Hmm, that didn't sound right. And then I just, I felt it in the bike too, which was weird. I was like, Hmm. And some of you already guessed what it was. Uh, so in my haste to leave and absent mindedness, uh, I left the slack of the, uh, the slack of the strap. Uh, for the reckless 10, uh, I left it loose and that is totally my bad. That is no fault of, uh, of Moscow and what they do. Uh, the bags are absolutely stout, but I promise they will not stand up to a wheel doing 75 down a highway. I mean, excuse me, uh, 55, 55, uh, or 75. If you are in a closed course in Mexico, uh, which I was at the time and, uh, yeah, I just yanked that thing out of there and unfortunately, it was a hard, hard lesson learned with only about 10 miles on the bag. Um, anyway, so yeah, I bolted on like, you know what, I'm, I'm obviously this thing isn't going to hang in the dirt. Um, so it's best to probably, you know, turn around and go back to camp. So I went to camp and I just wrote it up as, you know what, this is something telling me, you know, not, not time to ride out to Husky monument on my own. Never been there. I was thinking that, you know, okay, well I'm going to run into more people that are there and, and you know, that are coming from the event. Uh, but you know, it's never a smart decision to ride alone. Uh, put a bookmark in that, guys. We'll, or ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about that here in a minute, too. Um, Turnaround came back and I was there chilling. And then, um, anyway, so uh, the guys are, you know, hey, we're going, you know, going for a ride or whatever. And uh, Travis says, hey, you want to go for a ride? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, get this out. And um, he says, you know, all, all he's got tools and tubes and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. I just ditched the stuff off the bike and we go for a ride. And we ended up going for a ride with one of the rawhide instructors and we went out to um just in the trails there we put in about 30 miles and i it just you know at a point in the in in the ride you know we stop and and uh, and travis looks over hey you doing good and i'm like yeah dude and, and it's it was one of those things where i was like i'm not gonna say emotional but the ride meant a lot to me because it's been a while since i had been on the bike it's been a while that had been out to the desert and it was just kind of like one of those like all right and and not only that but you know we spent a lot of time working and getting the bike ready and to not really have any um mechanical issues with the bike the entire weekend uh even though we we roughly put about a hundred or so miles on it um but no mechanical issues everything was just running clean the bike was ready to go the whole time um it was just you know it was in it was impressive and it was great being out there and and the bike just felt really good um the tire recommendation from both travis and randy uh on the uh, on the tusk d sport rear with the shinko fatty front uh was, was spot on i mean the phenomenal tires i i honestly i'm sure i r- i had too much air in them but they still worked very very well um and and had great traction i was getting used to a little bit because i'm not really used to riding a knobby that aggressive in the dirt because on the street, it actually they, they held up pretty well. Um, you know, I didn't test them in grooves, you know, grooved freeway or anything like that. But, you know, when we're, we're in Jawbone, you get into some of this like little road section there and going in and out of the corners and it didn't feel gummy, which is to me this is a big thing with knobs on the street is that you usually get that knobby feeling. So, uh, again, the Tusk D-Sport rear with the uh, Shinko uh, Fatty Front on it. it is a 9100. Um, 216 mx i believe it is um worked really really well i i was happy with that uh that combination for sure uh so rode up kind of went back and forth and then uh, it, this had it been a minute right since i had ridden the bike and i've i've lost a considerable amount of weight and uh you know so we're, we're going through some of this stuff and we hit a couple of like washouts and after i hit the first one i checked up right i hit the first one i was like ah, you know i don't know how those bikes gonna react you know one i'm lighter uh, you know w- when i had alex uh when i gave him the spec sheet you know i gave him my dmb weight not my real weight knowing that i was gonna lose some weight by then but i kind of guesstimated it uh and still ended up being about 40 almost 40 pounds lighter than what i had originally told him um so I'm, i was weary of that and i, I definitely wanted to make sure and I will own up to this because I know how important it is and I didn't do it, but I didn't, you know, air pressures. I didn't, I just kind of rode with what I had, which was somewhere just north of 30, about maybe 32 pounds. Uh, and then, uh, didn't set the sag, didn't do any of that stuff. Um, I just, you know, I just sent it and, and the bike really worked phenomenal. I mean, to me, I mean, this was a wake up call for it that, you know, I was able to hit, uh, some of the rough stuff and the bike just kind of soaks it right up. Uh, in point to also throw in there that i also had the uh, the counter shocks on it and so i wrote it i noticed it i still noticed the same difference the vibration in the bars was pretty much completely gone um you know on the fast graded road stuff and then when you got into the um where i should say when you get into kind of the rougher stuff uh you didn't really notice it uh but the suspension just kind of took over and said okay i got this And it worked really well. So there's some adjustments that need to be made. I think right now, um, the next thing is going to be a good, you know, wash, clean up and inspect all of the work that I did and make sure that all the bolts are still tight. Everything that I put in its place is still in its place, but then focus on the setup of it. You know, the right tire pressure, the right sag. Uh, I have some ideas on the compression and rebound. Um, You know, I was, uh, I I believe that was on uh, Saturday night after we got back. Uh, we walked over to this kind of a rough section there because coming back into camp, uh, we hit, you know, kind of a rougher, you know, a few little bumps and kind of whoops and it, it wasn't too bad, but you know, this is a little, uh, a little rough. Um, and I was feeling pretty confident in the bike. So I just kind of stayed in it and said, well, you know, we're going to see what the suspension does. And, and I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it took everything. It did not feel wild and out of control or anything like that. It, it just felt plush and solid um so i was like okay this is you know this is good and then um then travis says hey you know what we got uh there's another road on this side he's all uh let me uh let me throw a leg on it since i'm I'm fresh off my bike and so yeah so he went and he took it up and down a couple times and was like cool and he said yeah you know it feels pretty good but i did you know i bottomed it out uh it goes without saying that he is a much better rider than i am um he practices different disciplines with the hard enduro stuff and then also on the big bikes so He's more versed on that kind of stuff, and all, and also done some track days. Uh, so I said, "Okay, well, you, know, yeah, of course, you know." And and so he he rides it and, and brings back feedback, and then we take off the counter shocks, and and there is a there is a mark difference. Um, it, it changes the bike the way that it is, and and um, to be to be transparent on this is, uh, it it does make such a difference that you almost have to tune with it and not without it. You can't tune without it and then say uh, okay, just bolt it on and then, yeah, we're going to be good to go. No, I, I believe it completes the puzzle and it helps the suspension do something that is very difficult for it to do. Um, and, and if you've seen the floppy F1 cars as of late, uh, you'll kind of get the idea of what it, what it kind of helps prevent, but because it helps prevent that now it allows your suspension to work on other stuff. And so you need to kind of tune it to that. Um, I got a lot of questions about the thing because obviously, you know, people look at it and go, what's this? You know, you, you look at it and you just don't know what it is because you don't see typically things bolted to forks like that. Um, but I was very, very impressed with how, uh, how it functioned. Um, and yeah, I mean, yes, the bike did feel different, um, uh, to Travis when he rode it through the ride and, and this stuff was, was pretty beat up. I mean, he was, he was going through the travel. Um, but I definitely think that, uh, with it, and then a little bit more tuning on the forks so that they both work in conjunction, I think this thing is gonna be primo. I mean, it was like, it, it's it's probably the closest I've ever felt and I knew that before I started like on this last bit, this last stint of mods on the 790, I knew that I was gonna have to, to do some tweaking on the clickers for it. Well, I put the tools away and I just left the counter shocks on it and I was good to go. So what that tells me is great. Now there's room for improvement elsewhere, and so that's uh, we're going to be looking forward to doing that and, and getting that thing dialed in uh, a, a little bit better uh, to match the rear shock. You know, conflict took care of the uh, WP Pro components rear shock, put their treatment on it, um, and 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 it feels plush and and it was doing its job. You know, now we just got to marry the two a little bit better, and and this thing's I mean going to be even more dialed. Fifteen uh, tooth counter sprocket, I did that right before we went um honestly it makes the bike easier to ride yes it revs up a little bit higher when you're on the highway but you know it is what it is and if you're cruising and going to the next spot you know you can live with it um but in the dirt these bikes with that tall 1645, um, uh, they move pretty fast in first gear so if you're trying to crawl down something the bike's going to be moving at a good speed so you this 15 tooth really helped And then also, I feel like it was like, I think what I noticed was that second gear kind of became my favorite gear because it had some legs to it, but it also crawled at the right speed. So if I came out of a corner, I could lay on to second gear and it would just kind of pull right through it. And it wasn't so tall that I was, you know, doing warp speed coming out of these corners or going into these corners. It was just like that right balance. Um, So anyway uh you know the bike was was working great yeah sixth gear Wish it could have been just slightly taller but you know i mean i i will take the way the bike was working all day i mean it just everything was just feeling good um so we took care of all of that we ran it through and was like hey you know i'm i'm happy with the bike you know cleaned it up got it ready for the next day uh and then we decided that we were going to go do uh the ride with spurgeon from uh revzilla uh, the group ended up getting split up you know they went one way we went the other way right at the last second and uh we still had some fun we we cut straight over to jawbone canyon uh and had some fun there uh you know did did the loop ride through there we got to go up and down and then on the way back down uh, there's a uh expert and a pro section uh i did the the or the advanced and the expert and i did the advanced uh side of it coming down and coming down the hill i just i i see it now you know once i saw the gopro footage um i was just one i was sitting down uh i feel like my body position wasn't correct and i had no chance of keeping that uh the front wheel in the groove correctly uh and ended up getting cross grooved and well um the dirt hardness check was successful it did pass the test it is hard enough for you to hit the ground and scratch the bike um and uh and yourself uh, but luckily nothing major, it just kind of, I was like one minute I was up and next minute I was down. So uh, it took me a second to get it and then uh, then obviously wrestle the bike back into the more vertical position um, and, you know, kept going from there. But then I immediately learned from my mistake. You know, I got on the bike, I, I took a couple more corners and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I cannot let the bike intimidate me because right now is the worst time to do that. There's a lot of corners here. There's a lot of stuff. I need to be on my game. I can't be afraid of the bike. And so psyched myself up and, and just kept going, pushed through it, you know, forget, hey, that was that fall was three corners ago. Uh, was I more cautious? Yes, there was a couple of corners. Uh, once we met back up with the group, um, there was a couple of corners where I was like, yeah, a little bit more hesitant. Um, but then I kept reminding myself body position, stand up, body position, body position, body position, and making sure that I'm counterweighting it and, and getting around the corner. So I knew what I did wrong. I knew what I needed to do to correct it. Um, but, and, and just solely focused on that. I did not focus on, Hey, I just fell. I haven't fallen. I just scratched up a brand new, you know, set of tank, uh, or tanks because, uh, later on after, uh, we get to the end of this little section and where the divide is. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm gassed, you know, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. Well, uh, I'm, I'm just going to head back and, and we can see the highway from where I was, you know, or where, where we were. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm done. I, you know, I told Travis, Hey, you know what? I'm going to head back. Uh, you know, I'm good. Just hit it. We'll, uh, uh, I'll meet you at the trailer. And he goes, no, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with you. You know, nobody rides alone and all this stuff. And I, and I appreciate it, but I also felt bad because, you know, I wanted him to go with those guys because obviously there's a great group of riders that are all his speed. And, uh, but now he's stuck with me and, and he said, nobody rides alone because you never know. It could be a coyote. It could be something. We are no more than a hundred yards from where we left and, and we get into this intersection. I slow down for it and I go act like I'm going to make a turn. Well, same thing. Bars turn in and I try to find the ground. And, well, it's a lot further than I thought because I'm on my foot goes down to the rut side. And uh, I was like, well, uh, time to eject. And so I drop the bike now on its right side. Uh, and I, you know, uh, the classic bail and run. Those of you that have fallen, you kind of know that, you know, you just kind of jump off and you kind of run and hope you can stay vertical. And I probably put in a good four or five steps and then it was just like, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, yeah. And so just kind of threw my arms out and kind of planted onto the ground, hit the ground, you know, uh, and then just rolled over and just laid there laughing and, you know, hands behind my head. I was just relaxing. I'm like, you know, that's, it it is what it is. All you can do at this point is just laugh, you know, but uh, I told Travis earlier today. I was like, "Hey, you know, you called it. Um, that was very true." And you know, I'm I'm glad you were there. You know, I appreciate that. And uh, and I'm saying it now again. You know that that was that was very big of him to to basically take away from his ride to help uh, get me back. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't feeling ill or bad or like I was super pushing my limits. But I just knew that, hey, you know i don't want to be a liability on the trail and i don't want to um I, I want to be good you know and and sometimes you have to make that decision earlier than later so that's why i made it earlier i'm like hey you know what this is a good jump off point highway's right there you know these guys are just going to go a few more miles and then you know and then that's it so i'm like yeah I'll, let's let's do it um but you know i'm happy i'm happy there, that he was there uh that he was there to help but anyway so we get back we're doing all this stuff and um you know you start packing them slowly and you're talking to everybody we got to meet uh rodney from mob city um a couple other guys and it was just i mean all the names escape me right now but it's just met so many great people and um so over there chilling and there was a guy that you know we i ran across a couple of times uh his name was steve and and we were just you know we he'd come up and he had questions about the bike because he has an 890 as well and you know, he's he's one of those guys that's been to um that's been to Burning Man a few times and you know, partied out there and done stuff. And so, you know, we were we were chilling, you know. He came back, came on by with his uh with his boom box going on the uh in the in the bin in the back of the uh 890 and you know, he's playing my stuff. And so we were just chatting it up and so I don't know how it was. We get back and we get back from that ride. Um skipping around a little bit right so we get back for the ride and we stop off the most guys and that's when he came over and we noticed that and then went back to the booth and he came back and he had these maracas with him and he was handing out these little baby baby maracas that thing and uh it was just you know tripping out so later on he comes by and you know he's got his maracas and in his bag i'm like oh that's interesting so we're sitting there chilling and talking to Rodney. We're just packing up, you know, chewing it up and just, you know, talking about, um, Baja and all that stuff. And I look over and he's got this thing blaring and he's standing on top of his bike and he's like dancing with the maracas and just, you know, jamming out to this stuff. And it was kind of cool because, you know, it's obviously if it's an expression, you know, he's doing his thing and, and whatnot. And, uh, and it was really cool to see it, but you know, we saw him once and we just kind of laughed about it and all that stuff. And then, he went around and went to another, uh, went to another campsite and the guy, you know, stopped him and asked him. I don't know what the exchange was, but next thing I know he's up on top of the bike again and he's dancing and he's got kind of this like tribal Indian style kind of dance. It it did remind me of the more indigenous people from Mexico and some of the dances and stuff that they would do. Um, it it really reminded me of that. Um, and it really, um, it, w- it was interesting because it hit like at the right moment and it just hit differently and it was like one of those things where i was like this is like almost like the burning man of motorcycles we're out in the middle of the desert nobody showered in you know two and a half days three days and everybody's riding motos and there's this just common theme you know there and and it was really cool and, and one of the guys that we were talking to ran over there and next thing i know he's got a maraca in his hand and he's dancing with him too and so it was really cool to see this because it was like an experience, you know, and it was like the end of the, the day. It was the end of the trip. It was the last day. Everybody's packing up by this time. There's half the motorhomes that were there. Uh, maybe a third of the motorhomes that were there, you know, everybody split, so It's only a few people left and, and it was just, it was just super chill. And it was a really cool thing. I was not in a hurry to get out of there. Uh, at that point, you know, I was just having fun and, and, and talking it up. So, uh, overall, it was a great experience. Um, lessons learned. Absolutely. Things to do better next time. Absolutely. Um, but I am excited, uh, for the next opportunity to go out there, uh, and meet with these, uh, meet with these people and see what they have, uh, what they've had and what they've done in the last year. So I'm like, I say, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about the event and, and what they did and how they put it on. And it was really cool. Everybody was super friendly uh every, everybody just got along and and it was great just riding and sharing stories and talking about adventures and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to it i really am uh i think it's going to be a great uh a great series of events hopefully we can get them uh, back out here they do it in the same spot uh lots of great riding out there and, and and like i said everybody was very welcoming so i hope that everybody gets uh, gets a chance to make it out to it uh and spend a few days out at the uh, at the Zachar uh, training grounds. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that, that was pretty much it. You know, I got my list of things that I need to do, uh, on the motorcycle. Um, and, and some of the things that I want to do to finish dialing it into myself and what I feel like maybe the bike needs. Um, like I said, I got some knowledge dropped on me from Galfer from Ruby, uh, from Moscow. Uh, There's some, there's a video on the straps. We're starting a new campaign or they're starting a new campaign to stop strap abuse. Uh, so we'll talk more about that and uh, I'll show you guys what I learned from them uh, as well. So we'll do some videos on that. Check it on Instagram. It'll probably be on YouTube as well. So uh, the idea behind it is, is let's get some information out there. Let's get some stuff that we learned out to, uh, out to the groups and out to the people so everybody can make better decisions about the components that they put on their bike and how things work together. So that's going to be the plan. That's what I'm, I'm looking to do and help everybody with. Um, aside from getting into some more rally, uh, we didn't even do our rally updates. I got off a meeting today. We were literally on a meeting with the crew from Baja Rally and American Rally Originals. Uh, got to see some of the road books that are already being planned for this. Super clean, super tight. Scotty has done a phenomenal job once again on the road books um, and getting them dialed in. I mean, there's already they're already pretty much ready to go, and the event is still a month away. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely excited about that. I'm stoked to get down to Baja, uh, and meet up with the rally family and, and talk in the, in the bivouacs and, and shake hands and and meet more people. And it, it's just going to be an awesome, phenomenal time. Uh, we're talking to Rodney, uh, from mob city, uh, th- about coming down, um, maybe for that event and, and checking it out. Uh, he's, he was expressing some interest in getting into the rally stuff and, This is going to be the perfect event i'm seeing how they're structuring it and what we're going to be doing and it really is going to be the perfect event for somebody that is completely new and green to rally raid and wants to try it so uh i'm I'm looking forward to that for sure uh and getting some people out there uh and then let's see what else we got going on we got that uh kota rallies in full swing i definitely want to check in with mike uh, and see what he's got going on. I know he's hard at work on this year's event. Um, and then also maybe even check in with the guys over at Sonora Rally. Their event coming in October. Uh, right behind the Six Day Baja Rally. Uh, and also right in there with the Morocco Rally. So lot lots to go still um, in in the rally raid side of things. And then in the ride side of things. There's there's still a ton coming. So I'm looking forward to sharing all that information with you guys as much as we can. And uh, and Yeah. Let's see. Trying to think what else we're thinking. Uh, oh yes, uh, Moscomoto is going to be doing so. If you guys are in San Diego and tuning in from San Diego, uh, Moscomoto is going to be doing a, a a ride night or bike night um, coming up here soon. Let me see if I can find the dates for it. I should have probably better prepared for this, um, but let's see here. Da, 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 da are we not uh we are not computing here moscow moto uh, san Diego. all right events and rallies midnight animal cafe or midnight animal coffee may 7th through 8th uh is where they're going to be and that's the moscow meetup uh, so if you guys are in town, uh, they're going to be April 27th. They're going to be in Los Angeles for the Moscow meetup at Moto Republic. The 29th, they'll be at Irv Seaver BMW Motorcycles. Uh, then the 29th through the 1st, they're going to be at the Portland, in Portland, Oregon for the One Motorcycle Show. Uh, the 29th through May 1st, they'll also be at Skull Shoals Dual Sport and Adventure Ride. Uh, let's see. And then, yeah, May 6th through 7th is going to be the Moscow meetup at midnight animal coffee, uh, here in San Diego. So hopefully you guys, uh, if you're tuning in from San Diego or close by, uh, can make it out to the event. I am literally marking it as going. Uh, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. looks like it's down in national city. Uh, I am planning on taking the 790 down there, uh, in all its dirty glory with the scratches and everything and all. Um, before we do the, uh, before we do another set of graphics and I clean up my, uh, boo-boos on the tank, I'll leave the anodized parts as is, although I, uh, you know, it, 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 pains me to do so, but you know, Hey, it is what it is. Uh, but you know what? It's got character now, as they said. So that'll be next. Uh, and we'll be getting that going, uh, here shortly. Um, and yeah, we'll be doing the, doing the thing. So Anyway, so with that being said, guys, I think that is going to be a wrap for this week's episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Uh, special thanks to Moscomodo, uh for helping us out and getting us set up and dialed with all the right information to pick the right bags uh, for this trip. So I absolutely am stoked that uh, that they were able to get me some uh, some information and get me the proper gear in time for the event and get me set up. Wade was a huge help uh, there in, in helping me pick the right gear for it. So. Uh, if you guys are looking for bags and stuff like that, definitely go and check them out. They're building them right. Uh, I, you know, I have tried Krieg, I've tried a few of the other ones. Those are great bags, but, uh, there's, you know, Moscow's got a one up on them. Like all the things that I kind of think of like, oh, it'd be cool to have this removal. It is already removable. So yes. So check them out. Um, I mean, there's, they are great bags. So anyway, with that being said, now it is the end of the show. Hope everybody has a good week and we will talk to you guys or see you guys soon. All right, that is the wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, And a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official. And, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up. And don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week.